That Comic Smell comic issue number one is now available to buy. Join David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadaka and Tom Stewart with guest artist John Tucker as they create their first anthology together. Buy your copy today at fredeggcomics.bigcartel.com Go to fredeggcomics.bigcartel.com today to buy your copy. Welcome! to That Comic Smell Podcast. With your hosts, David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadakat, and Tom Stewart. been reading anything whilst we're waiting for to see if this yeah. gets fixed I've been reading well I'll show you what I've been reading actually got some stuff here <coughs> I'm not sure if I showed this the last time or not oh. the Rocketeer uh, I think it just maybe arrived when you'd the last yeah, time I can't I remember oh, yeah that is just nice Beautiful. Really, really nice. And we really enjoy that very much. Mm-hmm. And also, I got, although I came late, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> A dinosaur. That was lovely. That was really good as well. In uh, blank and white. Ah. Black and white's good. Yeah, no, it's really good. Really good. The staff. Uh, just show you some. Oh, lovely! Look at that building. Oh my god, beautiful. Just a couple of things I've been reading. I am enjoying that very much. And I've read a book about your spirit. And essentially, I like the way they've done it. They it's got all the material of different interviews. Uh-huh. And put them in chronological order uh, and essentially he's just telling his life as a professional nice from his beginnings to working with Seed and Marvel you know and, and it just goes through everything chronologically so does that mean Guy Gardner who's on the cover doesn't appear with Spider-Man <laughs> oh, but, yeah no <laughs> So mm-hmm. that covers a special cover, a cover he did, and they use it for the book. So that was quite entertaining, nice. actually. And the way that you get the material of the different interviews and put it together, and I say, and it's like it's George Perez telling the whole story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not the case because he actually he managed to do an interview with him with all that yeah. extension of the book. But yeah, that was quite entertaining, actually. Nice. Again. By Dolmen Ediciones, which is the a publisher in in Mallorca that does quite a lot of books in that way and other comics as well. Yeah, they did the the Kirby one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's George, there's George Perry. They have one about Watchmen. They have one about Alan Moore. And Marvel in the seventies. There's 
they do many things. So yeah. Nice. Mm. Yeah, I've been doing that in the other thing here and there as well, but yeah, that's that's about it. That's Mike, uh, oh, I read also, oh. I read also uh, from Boom, we only found them when they are dead, by Al Ewen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've as well. I heard of that, I heard of that recently. Yeah, so it's a science fiction one. Uh, that's, that's the cover of yeah. Forbidden Planet, special cover they did, because mm. Forbidden Planet got the the edition quicker um, so yeah I was quite surprised by the art as well the art is uh, it's not the sort of art I normally read or go for because it's very I think manga anime influence but yeah that was that was quite interesting that was quite I gave it a go I wanted to read it yeah it leaves you kind of wanted to, to read the second one nice let's put it back in place <laughs> <laughs> well, after after we talked about the dinosaurs, I I mentioned that I had the series of Joe Kubert comics, Tor, and um, this the uh, the remake or the rehash of the War That Time Forgot. I read both of them, and dinosaurs only play a very very minor, if any, part in either <laughs> of those stories. <laughs> you get the token appearance of something, and that's about it. So they weren't really essential to the actual story itself. Yeah. They were all right. All right comics. <laughs> Just all right. Yeah, they weren't classics, but they were good enough to, to read from start to finish. Is that all you, is that all you really read then? Comics-wise, yeah. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, yeah, and, and uh, some of the uh, Captain America stuff I'm going to talk about as well that I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a look over. Uh, I got this through from Alan. <laughs> oh, good. Nice. So, yeah, really good. Um, <laughs> I never noticed the wee, the wee sketch on the inside. He always gets these really nicely printed. But I always, I, I really do like these. Uh, I like that. I like that shape. And the fact that there's now just a bunch of them on the shelf like that, you know what I mean? He sent a he sent a sketch as well, and I think it's been sitting on the sketch for too long. There's like pencil on the back. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I also made a delve and I bought um the From Hell Companion. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got I got an eBay for a couple of quid, so um. So I'm gonna make my way through that. I just like seeing all the process stuff and all the old photographs and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also amending something, a uh, a big massive gap in my uh, in my comics reading of uh, like I've got like no Eddie Campbell. I've I've read from hell and that's about it. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm I'm giving this another shot. I got this for a couple of quid as well. Lovely horrible stuff. Yeah, lovely horrible stuff. I've also got the Alec Omnibus. What was that? I really like that book. Yeah. The lovely horrible stuff. Well, the first time that I read it, I got it out from the library and I was just like, oh, it's all about money. But I had another flick through when I got it through and I was like, 
Oh no, there's a lot more to it than that. I think I just wasn't in the right mindset at the time when I was reading it, and just you know, it's been a lot of years since it came out and since I first got it. So I think my opinions and stuff have changed. So I'm gonna give it a proper shot. But I've got the Alec Omnibus sitting on on eBay at the minute, watching it. Um, so I might delve into that as well. Yeah, good. Uh, I'm also making oh. my way through. I'm also making my way through my last um, Holy Grail. Uh, Holy Grail. My last intention fail. The Ivan Brunetti <laughs> anthology with all the all the different cartoons in it. So I'm making my way through that. It's good. Look what I've got my... here. Ooh. What's that? Is that? Ooh. 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 Oh yeah, baby. Oh, lovely. In America. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> oh yeah. We're going to have some Captain America fun. Well, you lads are going to have some Captain America fun. I'm going oh, to sit yeah. back and I'm going to sit back and enjoy it. Oh yes. I got this. I, I I had a choice. That's lovely. That is lovely. I had a choice. Uh, Mike Mike had suggested we do Captain America. I said. Oh, there it is again! Double trouble. You can't. Um, you can't yeah, you can't be a red-blooded male in nineteen eighty-six and not buy this. <laughs> yes. Mike, 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 you you suggested the topic, and I made a decision that was I going to go out of my way and cram and read a bunch of Captain America that I'd never read before in my life, or was I going to admit defeat? Let you boys take the floor who have probably read more Captain America and we have more of a conversation about it and listen about it. And I thought I'm going to admit defeat because I'm not going to just sit and cram a bunch of stuff and be like, well, I like this, but I didn't like this. And I I don't know why, because I've only read it like a day ago. (laughs) I thought, no, forget it. No, the only one, the only dedicated Captain Americas I've read have been the newer ones with the Falcon and I've not found a good one of them yet. And the Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb Captain America White uh, but that was that long ago I can't even remember it it looked great <laughs> that's all I can remember <laughs> so the floor is yours gentlemen mm. ok then so well, uh, in America <laughs> Mike, Mike you chose this So wh- why did ah. you choose this I didn't want Captain America to be left out when a lot of people would talk about Batman's 80th and Superman's 80th and Captain America's 80th and there's not been, as far as I can see, there's not been that big a push to say, hang on, our our fella here, it's his birthday. So a lot of people would never have even known. In fact, I probably wouldn't have known either if it hadn't been for you guys mentioning it. And see, the thing is, with me, most of my Captain America knowledge comes from cartoons. Like back in back in 1981, I think it was, I saw the the old Captain America cartoon, the one that was done in the 60s with zero movement in the animation. Yeah, exactly. That's how it is. The mouth just flaps up and down. And then I remember there was one scene where all you see is the Red Skull's head right above Captain America when he's sort of like contemplating things. And that always stuck in my mind. So, 
he also appeared for Spider-Man. He was in Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And then later on, as years went by, he made a, a guest appearance in the X-Men cartoon in the 90s, an episode when he was with Wolverine. And this was pre, um, pre-Logan's pre origins. So instead of having adamantium claws or instead of having like the bone claws that he was given later, Wolverine didn't have claws. He had like these sort of like tiger claw things that he put, that he fit on like a glove. And he was like using them to claw his way up walls. And he says to Captain America, I could get the hang of these. <laughs> if only that incarnation knew what was going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. So Captain America comics. See, I'm, I'm trying not to talk about things I've talked about before in the past, which includes the annuals. Because mind, the big Marvel annuals used to come with a Captain America story. Well, uh, this isn't one of the ones I... Uh, I'll sort of go over, but it's just to show you the art style that I like the most. Well, this is Captain America issue 414, and I got this back in 1993 when I went on uh, holiday to Florida, and uh, I tried to persuade my parents to stop off at every comic shop I could get to so I could buy at least one comic of almost every character. (laughs) And this is my Captain America one. The, um, The writer is Mark Grunewald, and the pencilers are Rick Levens and M.C. Wyman. And look at look at that art. That is pretty good. And it's also full of guest stars. It's got Black Panther. It's got Kazar. It's got the Falcon. And it's those sort of nice colours that I like. Yeah. They all get the old Nick Fury. My Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah, the old Nick Fury's there. Also, that interesting like bulletins pages in this time, and they have the yeah. wee comical cartoon. I liked it when they also had uh, they also had letters pages, but they don't seem to have that much anymore. Here we go, the letters to Captain America, and then right next to it, you've got the uh, you've got a sort of dinosaur theme that we kind of missed out. Kazar's planning a planning an escape, but now he's like, yeah, maybe better wait because uh, there's a whole bunch of muscly dinosaur men looking at me in a hungry manner. <laughs> this is this is what I like style-wise and art-wise with Captain America. So I'll I'll go into the ones I I read. The next five comics are the British combination ones. So Avengers Unconquered, for instance. And it's uh, the story is Avengers Prime. The writer is Brian Michael Bendis, and the penciler is Alan Davis. So yeah. you'll notice at the time I'm using sort of jumps to future, then to past, and so on. But this is after the siege of Asgard, and Asgard was popped up in uh, Oklahoma for a wee while. And then uh, the military and Thunderbolts and all that tried to attack Asgard. And the aftermath is chaos. But Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, as in Steve Rogers without his uniform, have been transported to uh, another reality in which there is Asgard, full of ogres and demons and gods. And Captain America, it's, it's one of the funny scenes I quite like. 
So here he is. They're all the three of the heroes are separated. So he's wandering around and he walks into a into a tavern and it's full of these like evil elves. And Captain America, he walks in and he's can I point something out? It's yeah. not just Asgard, it's different realms from yeah. the world or so it's not just Asgard. I'm I'm trying to make it simple. <laughs> Yeah, but they end up in three different places, and I, stories to come together I, again because it's. <laughs> I get accused of uh, I get accused of staying too long on certain comics. I'm trying to edit here. So anyway, I'll always be here to tell you. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, Captain America, he's like he comes in. He says, "My sincere apologies for disturbing your evening. Would any of you be able to tell me where I am?" And they all they all just stare at him like absolutely evil. And he says, "I am an ally of Lord Thor. I need help. Can you tell me where I am?" And one of the ogres says, "You're an ally of Lord Thor, son of Odin." And uh, Captain America replies, "Yes, English. Good. There was some sort of accident, and then all of a sudden they shout out, "Eat him!" <laughs> I liked uh, Captain America's expression on his face, as if no matter where he goes. He's always going to have to end up fighting. <laughs> and in the fight, he pinches a shield and gets some other weapons <laughs> and just battles his way through three realms. Well, that's because it's a, a three-way story. That's that's all I'm going to say about that one. It's funny. There's a, a nude Iron Man in it as well because... Um, uh, the minions of Fing Fang Foom rip his armor off, and um, he gets rescued by uh, Cap, I I believe. But anyway, now now I'm starting with something else. I actually read over this this morning. Well, uh, this afternoon when I got back, this is the last chapter. Um, it's from Avengers Unconquered number seven. And it's the last chapter of the um, of the Civil War between Iron Man and Captain America and their supporters. Uh, the writer is um, Mark Miller, and Stephen McNiven is the penciler. So there's this there's this battle between the uh, the former Avengers who don't want to register and the Avengers who want them to register. And Captain America fights them. He gets the help of Namor and uh, the sea minions. And towards the end of the fight, Captain America is winning. <laughs> well, he's winning the fight. And all of a sudden, members oh, is that of when the he... public... Wait a minute, is, is, that when, uh... is that when Robert Thor gets his head smashed in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, By Hercules. Thor. There you go. He's like, you are not Thor. I only made this out recently. That's his nose. Yeah. That's well, a good bit, actually. Yeah. I do, well, I, I do enjoy that. Well, the thing was, they, I've they did resurrect him. <laughs> they resurrected the, the clone Thor, and he became Ragnarok, and he's been redone yeah. and shaven-headed and all that, and he's in yeah. a, another sort of team... But for Captain America, he gets surrounded by members of the public, or members of the emergency services, 
and they tell him to stop the fighting because all this fighting is causing devastation and he realizes that it's it's kind of pointless for him to carry on the fight if he's going to try and avoid uh, casualties so he willingly gets arrested they're not arresting Captain America they're arresting Steve Rogers Steve Rogers Oh ho ho! Oh, Steve Trainer. There's, there's an extra, there's an extra yes. story as well on this. Steve I... Trevor, Steve Trainer, <laughs> Steve Rogers. Larry, Larry uh, Rogers. <laughs> Steve, Steve, Steve Trainer. Yeah, that's right. That's him. Well, there was another story, uh, one also by Brian Michael Bendis, and this time the art was by Alex uh, Maliv, where Iron Man visits Captain America in his cell. That was like uh, an additional part. They hate each other at this point. Is that what ended up becoming... Uh... Oh, sugar. It's like the It's like the follow-on from Civil War. Oh, what was that called? That's not the Winter Soldier, is it? No, not that one. No. What's the What's the What's the following? Oh, the Trial of Captain America. Is that not? It? Ah, maybe it's not one I've read though, and I was kind of oh. hoping one of you guys might have had that. Uh, no, I think that's, that's what. It, no, the the Trial of Steve Rogers or something like that. I think is like the follow-on from the Civil War Mark Miller one. That, it? that one with Thor, the real Thor, that I happened know. after that. So Captain America has been resurrected. Or should I say Steve Rogers has been resurrected. Hmm. And he's in uh, he's in this world. So um, next one I've got is uh, more The Mighty World of Marvel, issue 80. I got this back in 2009. And it's... Um, well, the first chapter, it's got the uh, She-Hulk. But then the next chapter, it's got one of Captain America's arch nemesis. Um, see if I... It's, the writing is by Fabian Nis, Nisa. Um, his surname... What was that? Fabian, Fabian Nifiesa. That'll be it. And, <laughs> and the penciler is Tom Grummet. Or Grummet. Tom Grummet. Yeah, and this story is about the the version, the current version of uh, Baron Zemo. Um, he's uh, he's the son. Spoiler. <laughs> Hel- Helmet Zemo. Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays people think of Zemo in his dancing moves. If any of you have seen uh, the Falcon, that's it. The Falcon and uh, the Winter Soldier. But yeah, here he is looking pimped up. I quite like this. I like this version of Zemo. So Zemo is in charge of of the Thunderbolts. And this is during the Civil War. And then he goes over to get Captain America. And, of course, Hercules, Daredevil, Falcon, and even America himself, they, they fight him. And Zemo is trying to tell them, stop fighting, I've come to offer you something. Uh, something that I want that you'll never give me, redemption and freedom. And basically, he speaks to Captain America, uh, a heartfelt moment, actually, because he he offers him some things that he's destroyed. He destroyed a lot of relics in the past. A lot of the crimes by Zemo were actually by his father, but he carried them on. 
So he gives Captain America not only a chance to get out of the prison when he's arrested, but he gives him a crate full of um, artifacts that Captain America had, um, including stuff from his, his, his mother and signed, signed things from celebrities or sportsmen back in, the, back in the 40s. So he's kind of making amends. I don't know what happens after this, so I don't know if Zemo has, uh, has returned to being an enemy, but there he's, he's after redemption and he's after forgiveness from Captain America. So my last, my last two was uh, Marvel Legends issue 31 and 32. And you'll notice something with the covers. So this one here, you've got Captain America on top of a downed Iron Man. Then the next one, you've got Iron Man on top of a falling Captain America. So it's two parts. The first part is basically Captain America going into the, the ruins of the Avengers Tower. He bumps into Iron Man. You see a lot of flashbacks. This is after the Civil War when things are supposedly getting better. They have, uh, they have some moments where they're talking about their confrontation, their past, reasons why they needed to get superheroes registered. Artwork's pretty spectacular. It's written by, um, see if I can, written by Christos N. Gage. Or, uh, Christos Gage. Gage. And the penciler is Jeremy Hahn. Anyway, uh, the two of them, they get ready for a Rocky, Rocky 3 or Rocky 4 style, no, Rocky 2 style confrontation. But this time you find out who wins. So Iron Man removes his armor, and you see flashbacks of when Captain America was teaching Iron Man how to fight um, in among scenes where they're actually fighting for real. And of course, uh, Iron Man doesn't... Well, Tony Stark does not stand a chance against Steve Rogers in a fight. So after they've beat the crap out of each other, they get up and kind of kind of apologize and they walk off and go their own ways and that was long after the events of the civil war were over but i am really hoping to listen to nando and david with the uh, classic captain america issues because most of mine were were sort of modern i mean i mean uh when, when i was collecting comics mostly i went for the the spider-man or or the batman issues and I didn't often go for Captain America comics. Dave, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Heads or tails, Mike? Tom? Nando? Uh, heads. <laughs> heads. Tails. Tails. <laughs> right, Nando, we'll let you choose. Heads or tails? Heads. 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 It's tails. Yay! Hey. So you go, mate. Tails never fails, apparently. Okay, Mike. It, it does every Not time talk. I need an important bet done, it does. Okay, Captain America's got a special comic for me. This uh, this issue, uh, Captain America, issue 213 from 1978. Ooh. Ooh. What month? The month is September. 
Ah. Sorry, it's September 77. Don't listen to me. <laughs> listen to somebody else. And this is by none I, other than I, I do believe I was conceived around about that point. <laughs> well, while that was going on, I was reading this book <laughs> in another part of town. <laughs> This is grim. Sorry. This is an early comic for me. I was like uh, very young. I don't know, five or something. <clears throat> and I've still got it. And it's wrecked. You can see it. Jack Kirby. Um, it's got the red skull in it. It's got, it's got. He's having his flashbacks. Steve Rogers. He's having his flashbacks to the war, and he's uh, tormented. He can't get to sleep for it and all that. And this was a here he is coming out of he. he it opens up with this war tale, and then he wakes up screaming from from the nightmare. And for the rest of this issue, he's actually blind. He's, he's got a blindfold on. And so, I don't know, it was a real favourite of mine when I was, like, so young, it's kind of beyond belief. I was speaking to somebody about this. I can't remember who, but it was like, if you were reading comics like this, at the same time, you were in primary one or something, you know? So you were reading this. Like, mm -hmm. I can, do you know what? Here, here's a personal thing. I can remember being proud of myself that I knew how to spell Captain America. I knew it was T-A-I-N, even though it was Captain. I was that young, but I can still remember it. So I must have been like five or six and all pleased with myself, you know. And then you go to school and they'd teach you Abaka, you know. <laughs> Us comic readers, man, we, we, knew this. We, were, we were learning stuff out with the curriculum, yeah? Okay. Nice one. And this one is written and drawn by Jack Kirby. Creator of Captain America. The Joe Simon. Yep. The one was, so that was, that's one of the comics that Jack Kirby talks about in a way about PTSD. Protosmatic stress disorder. Exactly. Yeah. Which he according to if you read reports and interviews and other books about him, he probably he suffered that. Yes. He went to the Second World War. But That's he what... never really seemed to open to it or, or talk about it to anyone. But he reflect a lot of it in his stories. That's one of them. That's a perfect example of it. Yeah. That's what I always took Cap to be, really. His story yeah. of soldiers going to war. And then, and yeah, then yeah. when they came back to society the whole man at a time thing with Captain America that he was frozen and it exactly, was like yeah. uh, I mean that's just what happened isn't it to, to these soldiers you know uh, do you know an another follow on from that is Captain America 200 during the same run by Jack Kirby this was all the mad bomb and all that Yes, there's a collection. 
this, this, was the first, this was the first Jack Kirby I think I read. It must have been. Mad Bomb the, just uh, got. Did Mad Bomb not just get collected in a new collection recently, like an absolute edition or something? Uh, an omnibus, sorry, an omnibus. Recently. Well, if, it, if it's me, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got that. Well, the, the yeah, 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 the Eagle Monster. Eagle Monster, sure. yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, rec- yeah, I'm sure scary. it was. I'm sure it was recently. I heard another podcast speaking about it. Um, there was like a new omnibus of the the Mad Bomb stuff. Nice. Oh, that's good pencils of the, the famous cover before John Romita tidied it up in his style. Pure Kirby in the pencils. Yeah. Nice. That's a good collection, eh? It's a good one, yeah. Yeah. I love that late 70s Kirby stuff, including Cap, Captain America. Okay, I'm going to move up to... This is my personal takes on Captain America. It's 1981 now, and we've got a British Captain America Weekly, right? Now, the horror of this was that it cost 14 pence. And I can't tell you how much that was in 19... That was shocking. Take my word for it. And in here, you've got John Byrne, Captain America stuff. You've got Iron Man, Backup Story. Um, What's this? X-Men. Oh, no, it's Dazzler featuring X-Men. And you've got Defenders. So this was a... I always thought it was an old one. Looking back, you know, someone we should mention is the whole Captain America character as being this great character and, and we all follow him and all that. And what you have to, I think it's less now, but back then, we are not America, we're Britain. We are British. <laughs> you know? So this was someone that was in people's minds. Uh, Scottish mate. Scottish oh, mate. All right, well, we can bring that into it. People are being <laughs> British as well. well. Can we leave that to one side just now until the next <laughs> Captain Europe. We're, we're just keeping our xenophobia to Americans for this part of this, the podcast. We can, move, we can further it out to other people uh, in half an hour or so. What about Captain Mars? <laughs> the point is, it was an interesting choice to have a Captain America Weekly sitting in British newsagents yeah. in the early 80s, you know. I always I found that was... weird. Yeah. I always found that weird growing up that we had Captain America. It just it, it, it just flummoxed me entirely. I mean, obviously, I think by the time I had come around to it, Captain Britain was a, was a thing, like it existed, but I, I never knew that. I just saw Captain America, and I always thought... Why is there not a Captain Britain or a Captain? Well, at that point, obviously being young, I was like, "Why is there no Captain Scotland? Why is there? Why is where's Captain France or whatever?" You know what I mean? Like honestly, I was genuinely flummoxed by it. Like, why have we got Captain America in yeah in in, in Dundee? You know, what I mean? it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It's just always flummoxed me entirely. But yeah, you're right. And then you're getting them, you know, British weekly reprints mm-hmm. Captain America. It's like what? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh. just, uh, just a question: Were these uh, the reprints? Were they the ones where you had one, two pages would be color, and then you open up and two pages are black and white, or two pages are like red tinted? And... 
it wasn't all colour. For that, at this at this point, it's um, colour back and front cover, and ah. other side is is black and white. Yeah, yeah, it's like like the Titans. Yeah, I remember those. And this is a it's like a paper cover as well. It's not mm-hmm. a gloss cover even. It's like the Titans. It was fourteen pence. Did I mention it was fourteen pence? <laughs> David, how much was it? It's fourteen pence. Jeez. March nineteen eighty one. That's like twenty eight times the price of a half penny chew. That was. Very good. You got a calculator there? No, but it took me a few seconds to work that one out. <laughs> I needed to do that twice to make sure I didn't get something like twenty six or twenty five. <laughs> When, when, wait a minute, what was the date on, what was the date on that? March 81. 81? Yeah. Okay, I'm just, I'm wanting to see how much it would be now. They got £5.40! That's expensive. That's very expensive, isn't it? Yeah, so that is 14 pence, what a rip! <laughs> 14 pence! <laughs> That's ridiculous. Well, you see what I mean? Yeah! Pounds 40. Five pounds 40. That's what it means now. Ludicrous. This thing here, this thing here, bought 2008 was £2.50 and it's got a hard cardboard cover and it's got two or three comics all in colour inside. Yeah. It's not even half of the price... uh, that is shocking. I'm still shocked. <laughs> yeah. and now that you've presented that information, updating that price to today, I'm <laughs> over again. <clears throat> Can't believe it. That's how much. That's how much it is for a normal DC comic these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much sure. would that? How much yeah. do you think would be worth <laughs> now if you put it on the market? Like at the ten or maybe or. Nah, but 2p. <laughs> yeah. If it's been drawn on the inside. It's 14 uh, pence. But, you it. know. Uh, it's got your name on it. Okay, so maybe about 1p. Actually, no, this one is quite free of any colouring in. or Maybe you should get it slabbed, mate. Yeah, I'll get it slabbed. Hopefully, no, hopefully no crinkly pages there. <laughs> I think it might get a 9.2. Okay, talking of Captain Britain as we were, you know they revamped Captain Britain in the early 80s and it was Alan mm. Davis drawing him and all that. And, uh, so somebody must have told them in the Marvel US offices and they went, oh, okay, put him in Captain America then. So we had Captain, because I was a Captain Britain fan back then. I used to, he was used very sparingly. So you were able to get maybe his whole run of c- comics. Until they started Excalibur, then there was just, he was everywhere. But before that, so he's in this Captain America issue, 305. You can see Captain Britain on the front there, maybe. Hmm. He's, uh, he's battling away with Captain America. And this this is um, this is by Mike Carlin writing it. And, and Paul, Paul Neary, they've brought in Paul Neary, oh, British yeah. Paul Neary, to draw it. 
Yeah, he did a, a big run in Captain America at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So it just so happens, and he's you know he was well involved for Marvel UK and all that. So maybe that was just a coincidence. <laughs> but they've completely. It's as if they don't know anything about Captain Britain and the people that made this comic. <clears throat> they don't know anything about anything he's been doing in his British comics. They've no idea. So he's talking away about things like he doesn't have any powers without his suit on, and there's, it's all wrong. You know, it's all rubbish. Is he speaking in like Cockney rhyme? <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah. I'm not joking. There was, there was a, there was. I remember ages ago there was an issue where they didn't have a clue what they were doing. One didn't know any of his power set or anything, and they were having him talking in like Cockney rhyme. He was giving it yeah. like, "Mon up here, up the apples and pears," and it was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> He's saying, "Right, you are mate." Oh. <laughs> mate, and they always say bloody. <laughs> it's always bloody, bloody mate. <laughs> Jolly good. Right, you are mate. You're cutting through these blighters. Like... <laughs> yeah, so there's fuck. blighters. There's... Oh dear. There it is. There it is. There it is. When he, when he drinks there. his cup of tea, does he stick his pinky out? <laughs> yeah, but we dually underneath his uh, between his cups and his saucer. Say that one does it in this way. <laughs> and when, they never when know... he's not got his costume, he's smoking a pipe inside his mansion. They never know what part of England they're coming from where they're writing as well. Like one minute he's giving it like a up chuck, and the next minute he's giving it like oh bloody <laughs> hell, mate. You know, you're like oh. oh, good they get the red skull like <laughs> Mr. Parrot. <laughs> See, here's the whole thing Captain Britain's been chained up he's, he's chained up in his wife fronts here <laughs> and Captain America has come in to help him and uh, Captain America <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, man. So they're, having chat, they're having a chat they're going to do and Captain America is rah rah come on guys we can do this blah 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 and Captain Britain's like then we failed. Captain Britain's miserable. Captain America, we must never defeat. We must never admit defeat. Sure glad you showed up, mate. I'm almost starting to believe we're going to prevail. I hope there's not a bulge in those Y fronts at this point. Why, yeah, man, they've chained me up and put me in my scants. Yeah. Only Captain you, America could come and get me like. They've got this thing in this comic where he calls him America and he calls him Britain. So he says, You did it, America. Now what? So they can't be on first name terms because they both called Captain. Captain. Anyway, it was good at the time to see Captain Britain and amusing how they had obviously no idea what, what he was all about at that point. You know, I'm sure Alan Moore was writing it and stuff, you know. Never mind Who's all that. villain? Who, who's the main villain? Mordred. Ah. Yeah, Mordred. From, from Arthur, the legend. I'll let Nando speak about the, the annual, because mm. I saw he's got that as well. Um, oh, I was going to get it. No, that's all right. I've got, I've got enough to get through. I thought... Oh, I thought oh, I'd be... What's that? 
got a big pile here, so you've got a big pile. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Fast now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on to Daredevil uh, by Frank Miller when he heard Captain America yeah. and the rest of the Avengers coming into it in this story um, that they collected as Born Again. Born Again, of course, yeah. Yep. So you buy this in a you buy this and it's called you can buy it as a collected book and it's called Born Again. But there was always a really noticeable noticeable bit with Matt Murdock and he starts thinking about you can hear the the character running about on the roof and he starts talking about um he's moving though you'd never know it from his heartbeat so steady there he he ran past me and all this kind of thing he's and he's thinking about it's it's daredevil's take on what he's hearing and feeling because of course he doesn't see anything people spoilers matt murdoch can't see it's blind <laughs> and then he goes up onto the roof and uh, captain what? America. captain america on the roof and what, of course uh, captain america says see he's got his jeans on and his sweatshirt but but captain america goes daredevil blah 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 you know he knows it's him um, what number is this that dave story, this two story, what? What's that? what number is that two what this is two three three cheers Frank Miller, uh, writing in Dave Mazzucchelli, August 1986, back in the day, back in 1986, people in the know were were reading Daredevil, (laughs) featuring Captain America. (laughs) Tom is gone. Tom is gone. (laughs) And there hadn't been any superheroes in it. And then all of a sudden in this chapter, Captain America was in it, and then all the Avengers turned up as well. So it kind of ended um, in a big flurry. And Captain America is actually an interesting character that that Frank Miller writes on, because, you know, Frank Frank Miller's got some scary viewpoints Mm -hmm. on life, and his comics have got increasingly more scary Mm -hmm. and terrifying. And uh, so when when he's... Dealing with Captain America, it's always, oh God, what's he going to write? What's going to happen? You know, I remember one as a kid with Captain America, and it was all about somebody that was an arsonist. And at the end of it, it was like, hey, Captain, you've gotten everyone out of the building. Wonderful. And Cap was like, no, there's, I need to go back in. And he ran into this burning building in flames. Why is he going back in? And then you turn the page and he was running out holding the American flag. <laughs> pulled out of the building. He had to go back in to protect the flag. So that was that was kind of the, um, mm. the, the Frank Miller. I'm sure it was Frank Miller that, that did that one. Interesting side note is... Printed in Spider-Man Weekly, I read that in. So it was the... I think nowadays we are just absolutely, I hate to use that word that often gets said, swamped. <laughs> we, we are absolutely swimming and surrounded by American um, culture. We wouldn't even think of that as being an issue. But I think maybe back in the 70s and 80s, it was still a thing of people outwardly saying, hey, why are we getting all this American stuff? You know, I can certainly remember that kind of attitude being more prevalent. Nowadays, it's more like uh, I'm watching Netflix, you know. 
and it's all American programs and all that kind of thing. Anyway, things always change. Mm. And hey, I grew up reading American comics all day long, so I'm not complaining. Um, about your flag, in, in America, they, there's a, I don't know if it's a, a written rule or if it's an official rule, but apparently you're not allowed to leave your flag out in bad weather. You've got to bring in your flag every single night so it doesn't get doesn't get damaged. So if it, it when you see people outside with um with the flag in the rain or the flag in really bad wind, they're actually I, I was told it was I'm not sure if it's an actual law, but I was told they were breaking rules by having it out there. You've got to protect the flag. So, right. so maybe that was uh, an emphasis of that. Yeah. It's funny, there's more flags coming up around here. I guess with the elections having just mm. been. I always get a bit weirded out when I'm going about my business and oh there's this there's the saltire, you know. <laughs> there's the lion rampant. <laughs> I hope uh, it's like a reminder in case you forget which country you're in or something. <laughs> Why well, you, you know the flag on top of the big steeple, the old steeple. Oh, I yeah. helped to change that once. It had the uh, rainbow flag, the pride flag, and it was getting changed from that to the saltire again. So mm -hmm. when we did, you saw the, the condition of the saltire that we were putting up, because there were two, two saltires to choose from. We had to choose the one that was least damaged, and both of them were completely torn apart from the, from the Dundee wind. Oh. The, the flags, they don't last very long when they're up there. No. Hopefully we can get a replacement. Eh? <laughs> okay, my next one I'm going to is uh, jumping ahead a bit, which is uh, Captain America related to, uh, because I love Kyle Baker. Truth, Red, White and oh, Black series. Yeah. yeah, 2003. And this was a great one. It, was, it immediately started uh, part one of six, but as it went on, they added an extra issue. Um, so it's a seven issue series. It's Robert Morales writing it, Kyle Baker on the art, and this was this ran over 2003. I think it was all in 2003, all the issues. And it's just that great artwork of Kyle Baker. Oh, are you correcting me? I think the first. Hey, well, fuck you, because I'm right. <laughs> no, I want to say that the first. Four or five issues came out perhaps on that year. Okay. Six issues took a long time, and the seven even more. I might be wrong, but. I'm checking the dates, Nando, now that you're saying this. I, I think it took a while to actually reach there. All right. So and I'm not even sure if it has been collected. Well, according to this, it's number one is January 2003, number seven, July 2003. Oh, so oh. I was wrong. My apologies. I thought it was it was delayed like, because of... You could be right. I mean, but that's what the dates on there are saying. Oh, no, no, no. And I think I bought these as they came I'm out. I'm going to Oh, dear. So that anyway, that's a great series, and it's all about um, they were experimenting with the super soldier serum, and they were experimenting on black soldiers. Yeah. 
and and uh, and one in particular. Uh, well, it's been a while since I read this. Isaiah, was it Isaiah? Isaiah Bradley. Oh well, well done, Mando. Isaiah Bradley. Good memory, mate. Um, so it's ma- it's mainly his story through the war, and yeah. then as it goes through, it comes up to date. And Captain America, Steve Rogers, in the last issue, he's looking for Isaiah, and at the end they meet up, and it's quite a nice little ending. Well, I'm, I'm giving away the ending now. Sorry. Oh no, spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Hey, the next thing you have to say is, oh, hey, spoiler alert for a 20-year-old comic's okay, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what you've always got to say, yeah. So I'm saying that now. <clears throat> anyway, it's a great comic, Kyle Baker. I'd recommend it. I've not read it for a while, but it was good. And do you know what? I'm now going to move on to a couple of parodies. In Justice League, our our ongoing Justice League international discussions, we have this character here. What's his name? General Glory? Yeah, General Glory. I'm going to get to this right page here. General Glory. He's on the cover. Big cover, General Glory. (laughs) He meets Maxwell Lord. (laughs) Is that Europe? It's just, it's Justice League America. It's called Tom. Later on, oh. it's, he's reverts to being called Justice League America again. Right, right, right. right. Not here yet in our discussions. So it's Justice yeah, League yeah. America, issue forty-seven. It's written by Keith Giffen <clears throat> and GM Dematis. Dematis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Matthews, the Matthews. I don't know how to say it. Can you believe him? I'm still sitting here wondering how to say that. The Matthews. See, it's the confidence. (laughs) It's probably wrong, but that's the matter. Just say it. That's how I do it. I'm saying right. I don't know how to say the name. Um, And the storyline was that that because General Glory produces himself. so you're Maxwell Lord. Pleasure to meet you, friend. The skipper told me all about you. Skipper is what he always calls John Johns. He goes, the skipper? He's like, John, who's this? General Glory at your service. General Glory, the comic book character. So there's been comics all about General Glory for decades. And then it turns out he's real. <laughs> and, he, and he's Guy Gardner's hero. We'll get another psychic <laughs> Guy Gardner has grown up and he loves General Glory. So anybody says anything bad to him. <laughs> so that, that, see, that's a good example. You bet your butt it's General Glory. He's real. You'd better sign him up for the league damn fast before <laughs> General Glory goes, Guy, language. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Stop language, kids, language. Anyway, there's a good four or five issue arc that's all about General Glory. Uh, and it, I really liked it. I thought it was a good one. It was before they got to breakdowns and all that. The Uberbot, look, I'll just jump to this. Look, there's a there's an Uberbot left over from World War II that they find. So that was a good one. 
and the other part of day that I have to do is um, when they started doing Captain America comics in the 50s, uh, without Kirby and Simon, they went, oh, well, we'll just make them then without you two. So Simon and Kirby started doing the Fighting American in the 50s. And this was kind of their spoof parody version of Captain America. It was like, hey, we'll show them how to really do Captain America. <laughs> but it had a lot more humour in it and, and fun. Nice collection, this. There's a, there's a lot of really daft stuff in this. There's a janitor that sort of gets infected and turns into a giant. <laughs> I mean, it's that kind of level, the storylines. So that's a good one to check out. And I'm sure this collection is... This, oh, thinking about it, it's maybe 10 years ago or something, but I'm sure this is available. So that's it. I'm going to stop there. Captain America. That's my bunch of Captain America. There was a... There was, there was a Hulk story that he was in that I liked as well when they were on Alcatraz Island. I don't know if any of you ever read that one. That was... Um, no, I don't think so. Sam, that was good. Cap, it was like a Captain America crossover where one part of the story was in the Captain America comic and then, it, and then the second part was in the Hulk. And uh, I don't know when that would have been. 1980 or something like that. Again, I'd read it all just through... Um, in Spider-Man Weekly. They just printed all of it as a backup strip. So there you go. And can I just end by saying USA! 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 <laughs> Captain America. A true patriot. <laughs> Okay, it's just on there. Morning, glory. Ay, ay, ay. So that's what they say in one of these stories. When Captain America is a prisoner, the soldiers automatically salute him. So I'm gonna go this as swiftly as I can. Um, I would like to say that yeah, 80 years of Captain America. Of a comic that came out as essentially propaganda because it was a propaganda issue uh, against the Nazis was a way for Simon and Kirby to make aware of uh, the the general public, particularly children and, and younger readers in in the states, that that was happening in, in Europe, and both Simon. Kirby being from Jewish families that emigrated to the States. The same with many other artists and comic artists and comic writers and that either were, were Jewish or Jewish origin. Um, they felt compelled to, to tell everyone, hey, this is happening in Europe. You know, they are, the Nazis are attacking here. They're attacking there. They are killing people. You know, this is happening. At that time, America was not yet involved in the Second World War. Uh, but obviously after Pearl Harbor, that happened, etc. But that comic and many other comics, all winners, Captain America original, because I think that was seven issues they did in, in 1941. All winners comics and many other series of comics that appear 
essentially was that, it was propaganda against the Nazis. And many artists and many writers then enrolled and went to fight in, in Europe. Uh, and for a while, there were many artists and, and writers that, you know, they were the end of the war and publishers here, they had to do like a backlog of stories and comics to keep publishing. But yeah, that's an interesting thing that 80 years later, you know, there's still many, many things going on on the character. Perhaps in a different take, but essentially it's him. He's, he's the representation, the patriotism of the United States and, and them. And there's still the Sentinel of Liberty. Sometimes it's his name. But yeah, that, I wanted to say that because that's something interesting of the character. Because it's not just a, a superhero that was created for, for a, a series. It was actually, there was a, a reason behind and a real reason behind it was the war. So I'm going to go logically. Sorry. That business about although Kirby went away and into the war, he had done mm. so much work and he was so far ahead that the whole That's time right. he was there, there was never a month without a new Jack Kirby comic because mm. he had That's done right. so much work. Yeah, I read that. He did so much. He and Simon they did so much ahead. And, and Simon, I think, and I can't remember if he went before him or after. I think Kirby stayed behind. And, and he went after that, but again, he did so much work. The publishers never ran out of his work, uh, but they ran out of work from other comic artists or writers that also draw. So yeah, that's it's an it's a, from the historical point of view, it's an interesting um, uh, era to, to look into because there was quite a lot of comics uh, regarding the at that time, and how were comics were used at that time, more as a propaganda tool than anything else. But anyway, that was just that. Uh, my Captain America, the first Captain America I read, it was in Spain, Comics Forum, and that's the publisher that used to do Marvel Comics uh, in the 80s, and I just got the end of the John Byrne era. And then I started to get the ones that Demetrius and uh, my sec did. And that was my Captain America. With time, I've been able to get older stories um, and older different comics that I did not have access then. So I'm gonna do, gonna show you Captain America 110 and Captain America 111 by a gentleman called Jim Esteranco and written by Stan Lee. Um, that is from Marvel Visionaires Esteranco edition, um, which includes other other issues of other work. But there is this very famous cover with the Hulk that appears there. Captain America 110. So, and there's some really cool panels and images, very Steranko-like, combining cinematographic effects and, and other genres into it. You can appreciate that. It's a really cool image. That's another really cool cover, quite famous. Uh -huh. Steranko, that's the 111. You've probably seen that image before in posters or <clears throat> shirts, whatever. They use it quite a lot, actually. 
And I like this first page as well from that comic, how they work with the colors, they work with different shapes of panels. Again, it's all very Steanko, very modern for that time. It had quite a lot of freedom on doing this. Um, there's a lot of different combines, elements, very different, nearly like a Dali sort of a style page here. So really cool issue. You might have seen this image as well. <laughs> These two comics, 110 and 111, certainly from the graphic point of view, they are way ahead of many comics that were published at that, era, at that time. Uh, I don't know if you can see the, the whole illustration there. Captain America, the Mad Bomb, Dark Kirby with Captain America and the Falcon, which is, you mentioned earlier on, Dave, which includes real politicians <laughs> at that time. Is that Henry yeah. Kissinger? That's the one, yeah. <laughs> Henry Kissinger. Yeah, they have some. Uh, real characters and real politicians and double splash page typical of Jack Hebeo da Ida and the Falcon coming through the door and and, you know, and, and so that's it's really good it's just, what can I say, Jack Hebeo you know, just mental absolutely mental and I mentioned the Captain America John Byrne. Now that was, so we can get the American issues here. So that's Captain America 247 to 255. That was Roger Stern and John Byrne doing that run of Captain America. And you show one of the issues, um, Dave. At least the cover with yep. Dragon Man. That's right. And, and so we had Dragon Man, you had uh, uh, Barnes call the different Mr. Hyde, uh, <laughs> Blackrock, uh, Barnes Striker. I mean, there's so different characters appearing there. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, I really like that. I really like John Byrne and Roger Stern. And even they, they ran Captain America for the elections at that time, you know. Someone had the idea, oh, we're going to, yeah, you're going to be, <laughs> with you, you know, President of the United States. So they had a kind of a joke to run it for that. And, but no, he didn't. Yeah, it, was, it was a good run. Um, I really like that. They also they had Union Jack. There was there's a time they go to England. They and they had Union Jack and some of the characters from the Invaders um, appear here and see the old Union Jack. Yeah, so Bottom Blood is the vampire that they are fighting. Um, so that's a nice. Which you have to remember that John Byrne is actually, well, it's English born, but he moved to Canada, I believe. 
and the United States. So, and so yeah. And then I have the the Dematis and Mike Zek run, which they did a lot of comics. Then I really like what I've shown earlier on. I've shown some of them, but there's a story with Baron Strucker here. That is Captain America 274. There is three issues with Deathlock as the cover, starting in 286. All of this is Dematis and uh, Mike Zek doing the art. You probably have these ones, Dave, I would imagine, because you like Deathlock as well. Yeah, I never, I never got those, though. I don't have them. Oh, so it's three issues. Yeah, I mean, I'm aware of them. <clears throat> That's the that's the third one. Yeah. And there's obviously Deathlock and the the alternative future. There's time traveling involved, etc. But yeah, it was a way a way to do kind of a a little bit of a science fiction on Captain America. And then we have obviously the the annual number eight, which is on the cover, which is legendary cover, exec. And you have Wolverine and Captain America fighting. And then you read the comic and actually. The cover is cooler than the actual comic inside, I have to say. <laughs> I remember when I read it originally, I thought, yeah, okay, there's a robot and all that, and there's all this fighting, but the cover is really cool. <laughs> that's the kind of idea I got behind, and I just kept it. <laughs> but that, that's how I felt about it. The last Captain America annual, uh, number eight from 1986. And then, really, the odd issue, I read the odd issue by um, Paul Neri at that time, and I never read again Captain America. And then I got this in Waterstone a few years back, and that was the new series, 2006, and that was the new series of Captain America. That was when Ed Breaker took over. And I kind of gave him, Marvel gave Able Breaker, you know, just do, do what you need to do with this. Just do whatever you want. And I go him and I go Steph Epting and Michael Lark and John Paul Leon. And they started on this, the Winter Soldier, which essentially is the return of Bucky. Well, it, it brings, uh, it's a different style of art. A sharp, more modern art, darker as well. Um, and there's a lot of espionage as well going on, counter espionage, truths, lies, and you know, Captain America feels in a way, you know, what's going on? Yeah, who is this person? Do I know this person? Do I not? Um, and all this run is actually pretty good, particularly. The first four trades, so with Winter Soldier one and two, and then Red Menace one and two. Uh, all this run is probably the best. And then he links with the Civil War that Mike has mentioned, and and then he links with the death of Captain America. Um, after that, there's many more, um, but I still feel up to Civil War. That's probably the best. This run here. 
Plus Capitan America number one to uh, 21. Bible Breaker, Steve Epting, Michael Lark, Mike Perkins. I think there's Javier Pulido as well. Marcos Mantin does one or two there as well. So there's many artists on that run. So that's probably the most modern Captain America I have that I've enjoyed. And it's a very different take, I know, but um, I did enjoy that run. And they're taking a lot of elements for it to, for the, essentially the, the films where they have introduced the Winter Soldier, Bucky, in the Marvel film. They've taken quite a lot of material from that. I've always fancied reading them, even though I'm not a massive fan of like the Winter Soldier or anything in the comics. I have always fancied reading them just because I quite, uh, I quite by track record I have enjoyed Ed Brubaker's stuff. So yeah, well that was that was my thing behind. I've read some Ed Brubaker before, and I like the stories and the twists that he used to do, uh, and then. Everyone was saying, oh, this Captain America Winter Soldier is really good. It's, mm-hmm. it's well worth. And I said, well, I haven't read Captain America in years and years and years. And that was the way I kind of went back. And it was because Ebby Baker managed to do, you know, it took his time to make a, a really good solid story. Essentially, it's the return of Bucky. Um, but I also like the artist that they, they chose it. Kept similar style, all the, the three, four of them, Ebtin, Lark, and, and John Paul, and they try to keep it in a similar sort of a style. And so it looks very homogeneous all the way along as you as reading the comics. So you know, you know, they are, they are doing very well keeping it very close to each other. Mm. Uh, so I suppose that's that's good work by the editor, first of all, to get those artists to work. Um, also, an effort from all the artists to try to not really go out of their style or try to keep it all as close as level as possible. Yeah, yeah. It's a series that at that time, those issues, they won several awards, you know. Yeah. Eagle Awards and over several awards because of that run and, and and it was very successful. As I say, personally, up to the death, the death of Captain America, the got the Eisner Award as well. Up to here, it's fine. After that, the explanation of the death and obviously he's not dead, you know. Uh, spoiler alert and how he comes back. Well, I'm not so a fan of that part of the story and the trial afterwards and everything else. I didn't like that so much, but this yeah. I enjoyed that very much. This twenty odd issues, thirty issues. Nice, cool. There was a story where the real Thor returned, and he found out what happened during the Civil War. He went up to the monument in honor of Captain America and he actually summoned the spirit of Captain America. And he asked him, would you like me to exact revenge on anyone that's, the the people that did this to you? And Captain America said, no, he didn't want that, but he would like some silence so he uh, he could hear himself think. So Thor, after seeing Captain America, went out onto the, onto communication satellites in space 
and just uh, temporarily obliterated them so that no TV signals or radio signals could be broadcast and Captain America could have some silence. <laughs> right. That was good, lads. That was a, a hefty pile. Like, It's <laughs> good. I like that. Are you jealous? No, but I tell you, it's made me want to read some of them. Genuinely. And not not blowing smoke. Not makes blowing me smoke, want that... to read some of the some of the ones from the forties. Yeah. That um uh, that Bendis Alan Davis one that you said, Mike, the mm-hmm. it made me want to go back and read a bunch of Frank Miller Daredevil. Uh Truth Truth Red, White and Black looks great. That's really that. good. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think I might take the plunge and read the, the Brubaker stuff. Obviously. Come on, Kirby's king. I'm not going to say anything on that. That's, come on. <laughs> come on. I, I will look into if they've done a recent collection of that Mad Bomb stuff, though. Or if it was just people speaking about it. But I will look into that. Um, another, another thing we've missed out, I've just seen it across here, is... Uh, the Marvel Vault, which is full of uh, pictures of old Captain America comics and artwork. Nice. If you want to uh, research into the the origins of the character. Yeah. And many others. Hmm. Uh, probably many other stories Captain America haven't mentioned, but mm-hmm. I think we've got our a quite good different eras there. Because we, yeah. we've talked about from the 70s, from the 80s, something from the 2006, mm. 7, 8. And, and let, let's not forget Secret Wars! <laughs> 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 Do you know, I did think of that, Mike, because that's one of the first times in, in that Secret Wars, they're all on that planet, aren't they? And yeah. they say, well, who's going to lead us, you know? And they're all like, well, it should be Captain America, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Cap, let's all follow Cap. Uh, and I remember reading it going, well, why is he so great? You know, why, why, are they all fo- why are they all following him? Didn't Captain America say, why not follow Xavier? Charles Xavier, who was there. Yeah, he'd just like him to say that, would it? Because he, <laughs> he has to be, you know, modest as well as being brilliant. So well, I think he, it, was my, it was my first inclination of how he was the embodiment you know as obvious as it is like now but to me he was just another superhero and not all that interesting a one to me as a, as a kid um i was coming around to what he was really all about when they all just sort of started falling at his feet you know in secret <laughs> three other superhero was like yeah let's follow cap except wolverine i think but he's mental mm-hmm. When Spider-Man was on the cartoons and he sees Captain America, he always admires him. So I thought there must be, there must be more to Captain America than uh, super strength. I've got, I've got the Secret Wars toy figure of Captain America. It's probably worth oh, a wee bit now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the shield. Oh. Hologram shield. I've got the one for Doctor Doom as well. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh yeah, because that was the two leaders of the the groups, wasn't it? Captain America and Doctor Doom. Yeah. We do a Secret Wars. Do you know what? We should do a Secret Wars episode. I guess we've been leading up to Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, I'll do a comicsology dive so I don't have to 
go eBay hunting because that'd cost a fortune. <laughs> I could do that. I could read some Secret Wars. I won't have a fucking clue what's going on, but I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> it's not the first game, though. That's the that thing. It's, it's just one thing. You, uh, you guys want to answer some questions? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I just put a call out on Twitter because uh, we haven't done that in a wee while. We haven't done a, you know, see if anybody wants to ask us anything sort of thing. We got a couple, not not loads, but we we did get a couple, and I was quite interested as to what they were asking as well. Like I just said, ask us questions, expecting the worst. I was expecting people to come out with like, "Oh, what's your favourite chocolate or something like that." Um, <laughs> but I was actually quite surprised. Everybody That's went straight for coffee. Uh, what would you think? I quite like Toblerone. Kinder eggs. Toffee uh, crisp. <laughs> Crisp. Oh, wow, interesting. Crunchy. Crunchy. Any sort of honeycomb, Ooh, like covered in nice. chocolate. Uh, Bounties. Uh, What's that? Lion bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, chocolate. You'd spoil chocolate with raisins. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, no. Rocky Road, man. Rocky Road's great. Yeah, Yorkie biscuit and raisin. Oh man, mm. bounties for men. Coconuts for men. Bounties for suckers, you know. <laughs> Yorkie. Kinder eggs. Kinder eggs are for real men. Real men go for Kinders. Yeah. Mm. Uh, right. First question. Fuck you. First question. <laughs> 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 First question was from. Dan Butcher of uh, Awesome Pods uh, at Vanguard Comic said, "Has your taste slash selection of comics you've read changed over the pandemic, or are you still reading the same material as you did beforehand? If you did change, why?" I haven't changed. No, I've had the opportunity to during the pandemic as I was spending more time and had more time to read. I had the opportunity to last year to fill up certain gaps or certain things that I wanted to finish. For example, Blueberry by mm-hmm. Giro and Xavier, and there were certain issues that I was looking for. Uh, Orgal, there were a few things that was after as well. So, and I still have lots of superheroes, and I still have lots of things. So I, I was thinking about that question. I thought, have I changed? Have I changed the style of what I'm reading? And no, I, I haven't. I still like really good comics that I like, and mm. and that's the stuff that I during that sort of time. So it hasn't hasn't changed, no. Mm. Although it has given me the opportunity to to cover and to go certain issues that I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about yeah, you guys? Do you feel? Changed no, no. I, I've been reading. I've been reading loads of Star Trek back mm. issues, as you guys know. And yeah. So I've been reading all the gold key ones, and uh, I just I just went on eBay and got a bunch of the Marvel sort of nineteen eighty Star Trek comics. So nice. I've just got a bunch of them, so I'm going to read them as well. Um, and they're like uh, Klaus Janssen. 
very nice. So yeah, I don't think anything's changed really because of the pandemic. No. Got that monsters, Barry Windsor Smith. Can't wait. I'm going to read that. I've got a week off. That looks really good. I want to get that. Yeah. I'm looking forward. I'm going to. I'm put aside that week. I'm going to read it. Because that was originally a. That was meant to be a Hulk story, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. It never quite happened, and then it was kind of left, and he's been working through it at different stages during. It's taken like what twenty years, thirty years. I don't know, many, many, many years Jeez, to yeah. really finish. Oh, that looks really good, though. That, that book is. That looks really good. One together. Mike, what about yourself? Do you think you've changed your reading habits or anything? Or? Um. Not really. What happened was I went through a lot of books that I got at previous comic cons and read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still haven't read all of the ones I've I've collected over the years. I so think, it's just given me a chance to read up on what I had and hadn't read yet. I think we're quite similar that just our, our reading sort of intensified and tried to get through lots of stuff we hadn't read before. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't think mine's has really changed except, uh, d- well, not not due to the pandemic anyway. I think it was going to happen regardless. I've just slowly but surely went off of superhero stuff. <laughs> like, I just try to sit down to it, and I'm like, "Fucking hell, this is just dire." Like, I think it's just because I'm re I'm I'm reading so many different things just now. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm skipping between so many things. So when I come to a superhero thing, I'm either just not in the mood. Or I'm literally finally sitting down to stuff that I've had for ages and went, why the fuck have I got this? Like, this is poor. It's poor compared to stuff that I've read. And it's, like, just written really poorly. Like, just the sort of phrases and stuff that they're using, they're just looking at it like, God, nobody talks like that. But obviously it's because... It's because of what they're writing. I get it. Like, I, I understand where they're coming from. It's just I'm not taking to it at all. You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking at it being like, God, this is awful. Like, nobody speaks like this. This is dreadful. <laughs> Loads of things where it's like, oh, I must go here because I've got such and such to get to and speak to so and so. I'm like, yeah, we can see that. Like, fucking just calm it. Or, you know what I mean? Or when Mr. Freeze says, when Mr. Freeze says, you're not sending me to the cooler. Yeah, oh, God. But, um, but I, I know I spotted a wee difference between uh, uh, the Japanese comics and uh, some of the uh, the Marvel and DC ones, and that's um, if you think about some of the the, the uh, Marvel comic, for instance, uh, especially in the nineties, you'd have a character like leaping in an action mode. He'd be doing a flying kick, and there'd be this enormous paragraph he's saying while he's in midair. Yeah. Whereas in some of the Japanese ones, they they speak. But that's when they're standing, and then all of a sudden, when they fight, you don't see any captions because yeah. they are in action. Yeah, yeah. That's well, what, it's that's like what that. that reminds me of. It's like class- the exposition from the American comics, as Tom was saying, that the, the characters talk, and as you were saying, uh, the, the big paragraphs while the, there is a fight. Whereas <laughs> in the Japanese, it's always been traditionally manga has been always more decompressed, and there is the moments of close-ups when you know mm-hmm. they are, there's a back and forth and there is dialogue and they are saying things and then suddenly the the fight happens and it's all very dynamic and there's lots of pages of fighting uh, very little said but it's the the way that things are decompressed the yeah. problem now is that 
in American comics, particularly in superheroes, everything is decompressed. Mm-hmm. And now to tell you something that perhaps would happen in a issue in any superhero comics in the 80s or the 70s, now they have to tell you in six issues. Yeah. Faction. And you go, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's- it's just a nightmare and like oh, I don't know like do you know it's it's made it's made my getting rid of stuff on my shelf so much easier because I'm, <laughs> I'm now just coming to it and just being like nah no way I'm not coming back to this I'm not like it's superheroes as well is if you were reading them when you were younger yeah and you then 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 yeah you, you have a bit more a connection with that, but I prefer to read comics from the 70s and the 80s, the superheroes yeah. that heroes now. I hardly read anything modern of the superheroes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So what Marvel is doing just now, the only thing I follow for Marvel is the Immortal Hulk. Even. But the, like in the same in the same breath though, like I still like the ones that I in, enjoy that still have the same amount of exposition. Like I'm still holding on to them. Like I'm still reading. Yeah, I, I, I flick through. Exactly. I, yeah, you like them. It's, it's, it's that time, it's that era. You understand that that's how. I know that there's ones that I'll have got rid of that's probably got less exposition in it than one of the ones that I'm actually keeping hold of. But it's just, I think it's just the way in which it's presented. And the one, the, there's ones that I've read re- recently where it's just been, oh god, it's been so hard going. Like it's just like whoa! Like I feel, it's like two pages, and I feel like I've read an entire fucking novel before I've got to the end of the pages, and I'm like, there's no need for this. Like it's all on the page, I can see it, but they're still doing it, and I'm just like, oh no, get this to fuck. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I've slowly found myself just going off of superhero stuff, to be honest. And it's not that I'm not reading stuff that's out of the realms of possibility or fantasy or anything. I'm, I'm reading stuff like that. But just the superhero stuff just isn't doing it as well as it used to. So it's that, that's the only thing that I would say has changed, like reading habit for me. But I think that would have happened anyway, regardless of like a pandemic or what. You know what I mean? I mean I'm ingesting comics through social media and everything. You know what I mean? Like there's loads of people putting up like ten page. 10 panel comics on Instagram and stuff like that and I'm finding that so much easier to kind of take in in a day and stuff and then see it all collected later on and stuff like that Um, and I think it's just kind of it's changed the way in which I read and approach a lot of comics so in that respect yeah Um, and that's maybe because of the pandemic in that case because there's more people putting comics out in that that kind of way Um, but that would be it really otherwise not really but uh, yeah it was a good question I liked it <laughs> it was a good, it was a good ask uh, Tony po- <laughs> he's changed it from Professor Riptide to Pope Rip- <laughs> Riptide the fourth <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, as you do at, yeah at E-Z-O-H-Y-E-Z uh, on Twitter he says what would be your grail single issue one you've always wanted but is unobtainable through price or scarcity I really struggled with that I'm just looking up with a name because I've mentioned this one before 
What'd you say, uh, Dave? Hulk one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Terrible Hulk one. Mine is I think I think mine is there's a certain issue with Beano that I can't find. And it's uh it's uh Dennis and Menace and Nasher and I think it's either Nipper or his pig, Rasher. Uh, and they're like sliding down a mudslide. It's like mid nineties. It must be like ninety six or ninety seven, and I can't. I just cannot find it at all. I've put every variation of like Dennis Menace mudslide, Nasher mudslide, DC Thompson mudslide cover, blah, and I just can't find it anywhere. And I used to own it. Um, I think that's. I think apart from that, oh. I really don't know. I don't know. I'm, I I don't really think like that. I don't really think in like grail issues or anything. Um, I really don't know. I mean, I've got one of my. We've said this before. I've got one of my holy, holy grails in that I've got all of Calvin and Hobbes. So, unless you're going for an original piece of art, you know. Um, but he said issue. Uh, I don't really think like that. It's it's just really that that Beano issue. I would love that again, because that sticks with me. What's that? That's, that's the one I mentioned a while back. It's that French comic. Uh, Do you not have that? No, no. It, I, I mentioned it to Nando, um, but it's uh, the the Capi et de Crocs, which is sometimes referred to in English as, I think, fangs and cloaks, right. I think. It was it's about um, a fox and a wolf, yeah. and it's a French comic. And you look at the the artwork on Google Images, and it looks brilliant. But I can't get my hands on a, an English translation. Is it not like the Musketeer anywhere. type outfit? It's kind of like that, but it's it's more based on the tales of Renard the Fox. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are dressed like cavaliers. Yeah. So, but but it looks brilliant and can't seem to get a, a a version of it here so that would be my sort of grail one because uh for uh, ever since i saw it i wanted to i wanted to get my hands on it but it's extremely difficult so i think you can order the french versions from amazon hmm. and that's about it yeah How about you nando i recently got one i was looking for uh 2001 Space Odyssey issue number 8 oh. the first appearance of Machine Man yeah and I got it for a actually very reasonable price nice uh, the seller actually contacted me and gave me an offer and I went for it <laughs> and I got it for under, and normally that issue I've been seeing it during the last few years going 20, 25, 30 pounds, 40, depending on the stage, the condition, sorry, the state and condition. So I got it for under 20 pounds and it's in a, it's in a good condition. Nice. So that was one of them I was looking for. I've been trying to get the 2001 Marvel Treasury a few times. I've been in beats and but every time is gone. <laughs> every time and I've I've been building some money for some of them and 
the last one I think I put I put 40 pounds for it and it went for nearly 50 or more Jeez. one of the times other times I've been bidding you know 25 30 in the past and it's gone much much higher so and, and kind of resign <laughs> not gonna get that. It's one of those comics. It's not going to be published again yeah. because of the rights. Because it's a movie adaptation. Marvel doesn't mm-hmm. have the rights. It was published by Marvel at that time, and there's there's a, such a legal entanglement. Uh, so yeah, Marvel Treasury 2001 Space Odyssey. That's probably that. The other one is even more obscure and more difficult to get, and is the movie adaptation of Outland a comic adaptation of the movie Outland okay. a Sean Connery science fiction movie from the 1980s early uh-huh. 1980s by Esteranco mm. that was published in English in heavy metal magazine in installments in France it has, has been... just disappeared yeah. and I think he's a very good get it <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get something uh, in France it, it was published in an album form I believe yeah that's, I know I know I know he has <laughs> <laughs> and in Spain it was published as an special all in one single issue in the heavy metal uh, special magazine in the night it was published in 1983 in spain but right. they have never ever been published again i have a digital copy of it oh, and yeah. i have printed out in good quality color <laughs> so i'll show you that. i'll bring that Bo- to you bootleg version next time <laughs> yes and crayon version it's not something that i like to do but I know it's a comic that unfortunately it will not be published again and yes. we must put to get an artist edition by IDW that would be the only hope really yeah. IDW quite good and things like that but it's a very very difficult one to get <laughs> thank you for that Dave I love you man <laughs> uh... Okay, this is when I, I... um, like twenty years ago, you know, when I was first getting on eBay, I was like, you know, Jack Kirby, you know, and uh, and I don't know, there was for some reason this two thousand and one treasury is really people have cottoned on that ain't getting reprinted or something. Is is it does going? I you... got time, and it was. Uh, so I guess at that point it would have been like twenty plus years old. No. And it was like, you know, it wasn't cheap, but it wasn't like fifty quid. It was like yeah. an old treasury edition. It was like, I don't know, fifteen quid or something. Yeah. Now now you'd be really glad to pay that for it. Yes, because the prices are going sky oh. high. You see that you see it coming in eBay. Was there yeah. something that they always look for? And there's always one you you can see it quite regularly, but the prices are always going. Woo! Right, uh, this is one I got you. T- I don't know if he's jotted it down or not. Yes. I said uh, 
think of the first ones that came to mind, which was yeah. uh, Tony. Tony had actually asked this on um, the Awesome Pod the other day, and Tom Curry uh, at this chucklehead repeated it to us and said, "How about Tony's question regarding the artists you immediately think of when you picture Spider-Man, Batman, and Superman?" <laughs> so two seconds because I've got mine jotted down, but it's I've got it up. So. We'll go first with Batman. Bob Kane. Jim Adams. Jim Aparo. Yeah, Jim Aparo or Neil Adams. Yeah. There's a few. Jim Lee. Uh, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like I said, it's the first ones that came to mind. Think of, yeah. yep. I think Neil Adams. The house that haunted Batman. <laughs> See, I. I I would personally go with Jim Aparo if I was to think about it. Yeah. But the first picture that came up in my mind was was Jim Lee, and it's from a Batman Black and White as well. It was the first thing that flashed up. I don't know why. Yep. But da- with but, me, uh, it's with me. It's because ever since ever since I've seen Batman, you always have the little logo saying "Created by Bob Kane." And then later on with uh, Bill Finger, yeah. uh, it's just because of the association. Even though there's yeah. probably a lot more artists I should really think of, but it's Bob Kane that springs to my mind. Yep. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man. Todd McFarlane. <laughs> John Romita Sr. Steve Romita Dad. What was that, Dave? Steve Decko. Yeah. I went with uh, Steve Rude because Steve Rude has done a dedication page where he re-replicated the picture of um, Mary Jane standing in the doorway saying you know face the tiger <laughs> you've hit the jackpot and uh, it's all oh, it's glorious it's, it's, it's amazing uh, wait a minute if I can get it I'll stick it in the in the WhatsApp so you can see it. It's based on it's uh, after Romita. John Romita. Yeah. Yeah. I've put it in the WhatsApp. Okay. So Got it. see it. Face it, tiger. Yeah, face it, tiger. Yeah. But that 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 comes up and I'm like, oh fuck you. <laughs> but that's Peter. I know that's more Peter Parker, but I just yeah. think it's Steve Rude for some reason. Uh, okay, Superman. Walt Simonson. <laughs> and it's all because see see with Todd McFarlane I have the excuse of reading Todd McFarlane comics when I was uh, uh, like coming on to the teens but with Walt Simonson it's simply because of the cover of that comic which I think David got in that lucky bunch of comics I, I brought in and there was that picture of Walt Simonson's Superman yeah that was good Oh, did Nando get it? Or is it from Nando's box? Oh. I muddled Dave up got... now. Oh, no, no, Dave got it. And then passed it on to Nando. All oh, right. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. At least I now know I didn't imagine Walt Simonson drawing a Superman comic. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Dave, well, for you? Cut Swan. Cut Swan. Cut Swan. For me, the first Superman that comes to mind is Ross Andrew. Although, 
although I always been the John Byrne Superman. That's the one I collected. I read mm. the John Byrne in the eighties. But for some reason, it's almost a Superman is Rosandro I have in my mind. Mm. It just appears there. And when I saw the question this morning at lunchtime, so I was having my lunch and I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, Rosandro is just is that it's Superman? That's him. It's like Superman is him and Christopher Reeve. That, that's that's, oh. that's it's, it's <laughs> cannot disengage. Uh, so I see Superman drawn is Ross Andrew, and I see as an actor is Christopher Reeve. That's yeah, just yeah. I can't. It's just that is well, it's Superman. That's it. Well, mine is now in the WhatsApp, and it's Dan Jurgens. Oh, Dan Jurgens, Superman! I was, I knew, I knew that was yours. I knew it. <laughs> Straight away. I knew, I knew, I knew. I saw the Tom will say Dan Jurgens. That, that's yeah. his Superman. Ah. <laughs> that yeah. is good. Yeah. Like right away. Like yeah, yeah. I, was, I, knew, I knew. I knew. I said Tom. Yeah, he'll say Dan Jurgens. I, I was, yeah. I was literally listening to. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was literally yeah. listening to them discussing it. And when he was rattling off the names, I was just like, like poised, being like, right, first one that comes mm-hmm. to mind. You know what I mean? And as soon as he says Superman, I actually aud- audibly, you know, there's I'm standing cutting the grass and I'm going Dan Jorgens. <laughs> you're, you're standing cutting the grass and you get your you, you tie your coat like a cape and you're going. Da-da-da. Yeah. Well, look, Lauren actually asked. She said, "What are you saying?" I said, "No, I'm replying to something." And they went. I'm replying to somebody that can't reply back. <laughs> it's a recording. I have uh, to go, Okay. Well, you got the you got the main three. That's fine. It's good to see you guys. Take yeah, care. Yeah, you too, buddy. See you soon. See you later, okay. Mando. Hopefully, we'll meet in person. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. And or somewhere, you know, we can all meet together. The next time that will be good. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. Okay, folks. Guys, take care. See you later, Lando. Bye. <laughs> see you later. Bye. I feel like I might have to keep this one until Nando's back. I'll read it out and see what you think. Uh, this is from Stuart Mulrain at Token Nerd. It says, uh, "How much? How much have you influenced each other's comics?" taste since you started the pod hmm. have have you discovered what gems have you discovered because of somebody because somebody else on the pod recommended it to you or mentioned it in an episode should we maybe hold that one till Nando comes back yeah that, that's worth thinking about that one yeah 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 so maybe we'll hold that one for next time yeah yeah I'm gonna hmm. I'm gonna head to bed now so that's a good idea I will see you guys See you guys next time. Right, yep. okay, dude. Possibly, possibly in person, hopefully. But... Yeah. Oh, and, and when in... it's sunny. <laughs> we'll be in touch with a date and whatnot. Hmm. Cool. cool. I'll nice see you guys try. next time. Yeah, nice Bye. send us any comments or questions or just to say hello. 
you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thatcomicsmell. Share the podcast with your friends and followers. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and most other places you find podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Our music is by Chart Smasher, and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter at Joan Edam, and you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp. That Comic Smell comic issue number one is now available to buy. Join David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadaka and Tom Stewart with guest artist John Tucker as they create their first anthology together. Buy your copy today at fredeggcomics.bigcartel.com Go to fredeggcomics.bigcartel.com today to buy your copy.